Leaving the yard, Zach and the professor. You gotta forgive me for a minute. Uh, I was slipped a, a, a crab rangoon, and now I'm trying to get rid of the uh, See, the aftertaste. I was slipped bad news. This left a bad taste in my mouth. I can't believe this. This I'm I'm looking on this social media page as we get ready to. Are to, you still doing your whole uh, what's going on around town? Yeah, I, I drop it every once in a while. I, Today, I think I reposted something about uh, two pianos is going to be at Twisted Fork. Or I meant to. I don't know if I did it or not. I think a couple of days ago, I posted something uh, about a band coming to Redbone. I, I like to let people know, but forget all that. I'm just this, trying. I'm, I'm trying to gauge where you sit. I'm giving you some some credibility. You know, in I don't. Your... I don't get out a lot this time of year because I'm usually in the pool. You know, Friday afternoon, I'm not even coming downtown. No, no, you're wrinkled I'm, up. You can't come I'm, in. I'm, I'm wrinkled up, yeah. and I've been drinking. Yeah. It's a bad combination. Which, by the way, today I got bad news on the health front. But anyway. What? No. <clears throat> you dropped I'm, that on, I, on the I, I got to come that back. I got to come back to that again. Oh, my God. So, uh, now I'm, I'm peeved. I'm, I'm a little angry. Well, people I'm, don't know why. Well, I'm looking on the social media, and... They're telling me, and I, I just read it on social media, so it's got to be true, that my favorite downtown... Like the election was stolen. Is that in there too? <laughs> whatever, whatever you believe. <laughs> Everybody believe what you want to. My favorite downtown Mexican food spot that makes my margaritas I like is now going to charge for a refill on chips and salsa. Just eat one. Don't eat a refill. Well, here's the problem. I, I just solved it for you. Here's the problem. And, and I, I don't mind. You know, the, the margaritas have gone up in recent years, but I continue to support the place because the service is good. Everybody in there is always working hard when I'm in there. And you like the margarita. And I like the margarita, yeah. but I like the chips and salsa. Well, just cut back. Well, that's the whole point of the chips and salsa. You don't, you let it go. You, you know, when you drink margaritas, it, it makes you less limited about your eating and so you kind of turn it loose and and the beauty of it once you eat the chips and salsa it makes you thirsty so i buy another margarita and then you're less inhibited yes. it's a perfect cycle yes so i'm a two margarita guy which is plenty because if i drink more than that i'm probably over the limit but well, i gotta have walking home i gotta have the chips and salsa to keep me under the limit yeah that's the balance right no more so now i gotta pay for the second 
Yeah. Just add another 50 cents on the margarita. Uh, no, They've so been know, adding 50 cents for years on the margarita. And that's probably why they don't want to do that. So they're going to charge me on the chips and salsa? Yes. You're breaking a long-held tradition in Texas. Yes. In Texas, the chips and salsa come with it. As many as you want. Yeah. I mean, how much is a bag? How I much don't do they pay know. for the bag of those things? I don't know, but this hurts me. I'm just very upset by the whole I mean, chips what, and what, salsa. What, what are the question is? is he well, uh-oh. Well, don't talk to me. Well, You're hang on. Me over hang there. on. You're talking to me, and you're spitting crab rangoon on me, and it's disgusting. Oh. I have a napkin over my mouth. So the question is, is it going to make him stop going? It may. What? Uh, no way. It may. No way. Here's the deal. If we support this, if we start supporting restaurants charging for the refills on the chips and salsa, I think all hell breaks loose. You've opened Pandora's box. I, I really? Think, uh, because then the one down the street will, yeah. and the next one will, and it's no longer a tradition. In, you know in what's Texas, next? You know what's next? I have Uh-oh. no idea. Pay toilets. Might as well be. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You may as well. I mean, Might as well charge them for the toilet. Yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some places in the U.S. I'm about to that go charge, to Europe. There's some places in the U.S. that charge, too, that... Used to at the airport. Mm, you had I was to a pay. kid, I had to climb under those doors all the time. Oh my gosh. My parents wouldn't go a dime. <laughs> Said, you find somewhere to put that. And you're not getting a dime. That sounds about your getting. whole life right there. Yeah, you just <laughs> crawl underneath. I'm not paying a dime. But anyway, I'm, pretty, exactly. I'm upset about this hoe. And, and I may need to cut out the margaritas now. Oh, please. Well, that's... See, you went to, you went to the absurd then. You well, were fine, and then you went there. The, no. the, the, the doctor's Lost nurse right. calls today. Uh-oh, here we go. And says, did you fast before you came in for my, my work, my mm-hmm. blood work? You didn't. Well, no, I did this year. Because remember a couple of years ago, I had the big plate of chicken spaghetti yeah. and orange mm-hmm. juice for yeah. breakfast? Yeah, that was smart. And it screwed up my sugar yeah. levels? yes. Well, this year I fast. I didn't have anything but water that morning. So now my sugar levels are up again. What was in the water? Nothing. But then I got to thinking the night before. Here it comes. Oh, margaritas. How many? many? Two. Well, I was at home. Three. <laughs> right? That's the question. How many? Three. That's what it was. Right on there. So could that have possibly uh, spiked my blood sugar? Yes. Well, yeah. Yeah. Did they do a blood alcohol test too? Find out where that. I was sober. I did radio that morning. Yeah, well, that's debatable. <laughs> yeah. So, um, this I still I don't believe you're not going to go just because. Well, it, it all depends. If if I get this news, I got to cut back at sugar, and I ain't getting no chips. Well, you're getting chips. <clears throat> Only one. Yeah, I'm getting one. Yeah. I think what it's going to boil down to is fights at the table. Because everybody's used to sharing a basket of chips and then getting their own bowl of yeah. salsa. Now there's going to be fights at the so table. So what's the ratio on the chips? Right, so how many chips are you have? If you got four people at the table, do you just <laughs> still get the one? Because if that's the case, kids are staying home. <laughs> See? You know, you put them on a table next to you. That's what you do. This is Kids hard are still going, they go there. I've, I haven't complained about inflation. I haven't complained about... And now... But you telling me... I don't get a second basket of chips. They cut you at the quick, and didn't salsa. they? And salsa. So don't use too much of your salsa on one chip. Oh, that's a good point, oh. too. Well, that's going to be a problem. Our child bride goes to usually three cups of salsa. See, she's probably the reason we've got this rule now. She's going to be having yeah, to bring I'm, a... Yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not a dipper. So, I'm a scoop. So can you bring a jar with you? 
I don't and a bag of chips with you. you Are they going to be the same? <laughs> there's there's a usually good, warm. There's some pretty good brand of uh, sauce out there now we can get locally. Hmm. I mean, how are they going to stop you? Put it in their purse when nobody's looking, you dump it in the bowl. It's like the movie theaters now. We're going to sneak in our own chips and salsa. (laughs) If I can't get a second round. (laughs) Desperate times. Desperate measures. I'm going to go back to my crab rangoon now. Bye. Jeez. What a a kick in the nads this news If I was you, I wouldn't do a show tomorrow. I'm not. I wouldn't do one Monday. I'm not. I wouldn't do one Tuesday. Probably not. There you go. I'd do three days of protest. Just at let least, them know. At least. Yeah. Boy, this is this is horrible. Egregious is the word. Yeah. Egregious. I, uh, I don't know. We got to take a stand somewhere, people. This is it, huh? Protest. Somewhere. A protest. I'm going to call Cornyn up, John Cornyn up, and I want legislation that uh, prohibits the charging for the second basket of chips. How about you just do this? You go in, you get your basket of chips and salsa, you order water, and you leave. How about that? Well, I'm How about a that? Well, I'm there for the product. That's the message. Since you're going to charge me now, this is what I'm going to order. Wow. Nothing. Water. Just, just, I'm thinking about it. I'm looking at the menu. See, the menu, I think, is a problem here. They don't want to reprint the menu to add in the price of the chips on something else. And so they're saying, now we'll just put up a sign, second basket of chips. Now, here's the deal. I don't want, you know, the bottom of that first basket is usually broken chips. Oh, yeah. They put the good chips well, on sure. top. sure, of course you and do. Now will be a little, I've never complained about the broken chips because I'm going to get another basket. Do you, cl- do you declare when you get past the good ones, uh-uh. Yeah. I want my real yeah, chips. I want some broken chips. Full chips. Yeah. Broken chips. Doesn't yeah. count as a basket. See? Now you're going to get complaints, people. I, can I, wonder, I, say, I wonder if this becomes citywide. I mean, seriously. Uh, yeah, once, sure. one once, once the big dog does, everybody's going to be chip tra- Or unless somebody wants to cut into the traffic and say, second basket of chips are on us. Well, and that's what you do. If you're smart, you advertise. Yes. You say that right you now out loud. I hear you're getting screwed out of chips and salsa. Not here. Not here. We still give you the second basket. I understand you get down to a third basket, you're just being a pig. But that second basket is kind of just See, an understood thing. One's not quite enough. No. Two, it's too plenty. many. Well, that's Two's too many. Plenty. The end of it's too many. It's, the, it's about one and a half. Yeah. So they just need a bigger basket. I don't know. But boy, All right. this hurts me. You know, and I love Zapata. They're, they're a great organization. Well, they work the hard. Oh, I'll say it. I've, how many times have I come on and said I like their margaritas? All the time. In fact, I, I think I, you're on their payroll. I bust them many times with free advertising. And lots of uh, margarita consumption. Yes. More importantly, <laughs> I've, been, I've paid for the wing. Yes. And, but all that said, Which, by the way, I thank you for that. Yeah, but all that said, this hurts me. Okay. Yeah. We have a guest today, by the way. Boy, somebody's telling them I'm too cheap to eat. <laughs> too cheap. It's understood you get the second basket. Is that your wife saying that? No. no, no all right. No. <laughs> By the way, Trent Wilson's joining us at 5.30 this afternoon. He is the new baseball coach over at Arkansas High. We're going to get a chance to visit with him and uh, meet him for the first time. This is his first time in. And I feel sorry for him because he's coming to the town at the wrong time. Yeah, no. He's, he may want to go back he's to 
from Arkansas where there's not good Mexican food. There's yeah. no good Mexican food in the entire state. And he was probably told yeah. when you when you get hired, Zapata's is this the, is going to be a place Zapata's for you. Zapata's is the only good Mexican food in yeah. the entire state of Arkansas. He may go back to Warren. He may say, that's I it. I, I, got, I got bait yeah. and switched here. It's the only one that has the only Mexican food in Arkansas has real margaritas. All the rest of them use the same mix. It's terrible. You all right? No, You're very I'm not emotional all right. today. I am upset. Your doctor wouldn't be happy about your blood pressure uh, right now. I'm a little concerned myself. <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll come back. There's lots of big sports news today. I know it's not even close to the uh, the chip debacle that's happening, but uh, we've got other. I things don't know if we going. can talk about anything else. Boy, this thing's. <laughs> it started. The rails, but we're going to come back anyway. We'll take a break. Leave it in the yard. Zach and the Professor. You're on the fan 1079. Does your church or business need an upgraded audio or video system? Doors open for him. Good deal. Yeah. Good deal. Looking forward to visiting with him. Yeah. And uh, as you mentioned, there was some news out there today. There's a bit going on. We can uh, toss around which way you want to start, but uh, the basketball news is ever evolving. Signings happening all over the place right now. People coming and going. Well, most of them are just staying. Yes. Devin Booker just signed a four-year deal with uh, with Phoenix. Um, Nikolai Jokic just signed his deal with Denver. They're sticking where they are. Uh, the big news, obviously, is Kevin Durant saying... I don't want to be here anymore. Didn't he start this whole mess up there in New Jersey? Now he's bailing on it? Yeah. Are you surprised? Well, I'm not surprised that he gave him a list of uh, possible uh, yeah. championship uh, well, quality teams that he's willing to go to. Is Golden State on the list? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no, I saw um, Miami and uh, who else did he have on the list? It was somebody else that's a contender at the top. Miami's uh, a hot locale. Yeah, There's a handful of guys, including Jalen Brunson, who apparently had scheduled a meeting. With him. Yeah, scheduled a meeting to go see the uh, folks, but it looks well, like that may not be happening. I think he had to when uh, he basically told Dallas 48 hours ago he wasn't coming back. Well, then I think the Knicks got to thinking, well, if he's not going back to Dallas, right. why are we going to overpay? And so he needed another flirtation partner, and so Miami became it. Miami will talk to anybody. Yeah. Well, Miami is a, a likely place for people to go to because people want to go there. I mean, it's the same old story in Dallas, and they can't even keep their own there now. Which is disappointing. Well, it's just not New York. No, I it's get It's not it. Miami. You're going to spend got Luca. four or five years of your life. Got a good owner. They're going to give you a lot of money. But that's not what's the priority with these folks. Everybody's going to give... The good one's a lot of money. It's well, just, I get it, but where you, you got no taxes spend, here. Where you no will spend four or tax. five years of your life. And, as I've said before. It's half a year. You don't have to live here year-round. As I've said before, it is not a destination <sighs> that young African-American men are all that excited about going to. Well, I don't know. We should get the uh, formal news from New York today, I would expect. Everybody else seems to be getting their contracts linked up and signed in so we'll see the big news though came out of college athletics yes where and we posted a link to the story on the facebook page usc and ucla it's not a done deal 
but apparently have resigned and are applying. They actually opened the door, it looks like, to conversations with the Big Ten about let's have more. Yes. Why do you need 14? Let's go 16. And I won't be surprised if they don't go higher than that. I think they will, too. I think Stanford would be a good fit in the Big Ten. Possibly. And I think Oregon would be a good fit, and I think that's the end of the Pac-12. Well, and then what does the Pac-12 do? They join the Big 12, or they join the Mountain West, or God knows what. I mean, because you're talking about the Washington schools, the Arizona schools, and Utah, and Cal. I don't know. Uh, You know, Feinbaum said today he thinks all it's going to be left is two major conferences and everybody else is going to be on the next tier. So That makes sense. Yeah. Well, that would mean the SEC absorbs the ACC. Well, they absorb... Clemson. Clemson and Miami. maybe Florida State. Not Miami? I think Florida State's more... Not North Carolina? I think Florida State's more attractive. Not Virginia? I mean, you figure some of those state schools have some... They've got some great traditions. And pretty good thumbprint of or footprint yeah. of where you're going to look at, yeah. at households watching you. Virginia's got the but, D.C. area. But to me, if Miami's not winning... They're just SMU. They're just a really high-end private that at one time had it rolling in football, and it's not anymore. No, it's not. I mean, people forget SMU was rolling one time in football. Miami's been good in baseball. They've been pretty good in basketball. I mean, great, but they've been pretty good in basketball. I'm just saying they're not rolling in football anymore, and these conferences are based on football. No, no question. No question. But we are looking at 2024 as a potential move for USC and UCLA to uh, join together and uh, walk their way into the Big tw- the Big Ten. See, the great thing about this, I think this can now kill the, the Rose Bowl. I'm, I'm talking. You're interrupting me. Uh, but what I think happens from uh, SC and UCLA going to the Big 12 is we no longer have to act like the bowl games are important. You're not going to have a Rose Bowl anymore where SC or UCLA is playing a Big Ten opponent. And if you don't have SC and UCLA playing a Big Ten opponent, what's the whole point of having a Rose Bowl? Well, if you're not going to have a Rose Bowl, then why are we going to have a Cotton Bowl? Why are we going to have a Sugar Bowl? And so I think this could literally end the Rose Bowl and end the bowl games, and now we just have playoff games. Well, and if you're going to have the expanded 12-team whatever it is, and if you got two super conferences, then it's an easy math. Yeah. You, and and you, what's the point anymore of having these bowl games? There isn't any. I, I think there'll be bowl games, but it'll just be – like our, our bowl here in town. Hey, you want to play another game? You want to bring some fans? So you're talking about the non-playoff teams get a bowl. Yeah, they'll get bowl games. So if we get our six ESPN, ESPN will have plenty of games to show in the holidays, which so, is all they are anymore. So anyway. we'll get our six of each, six Big Ten, six SEC, and well, seven, eight, nine, that's ten. That's only if Notre Dame joins the Big if Ten. No, and, and, and the way this is going, they almost have to. I mean, otherwise you're going to be Miami and you're yeah. going to be sitting around going, I don't know who's going to play us at this yeah. stage. But if you uh, you set it up that way, then 7, 8, 9, 10 get to match up in a handful of bowl games. You're not going to fill 30 bowl games. 
So you're going to have to fill you know four or five of them. Let's say both the big two go to twenty teams. All right. Maybe the SEC we mentioned two ACC schools. Is there anybody else that's attracted to them? Do they try to bring Notre Dame into the fold? I think either one would. I think they both make overtures to Notre Dame. Why wouldn't I you? I think Notre Dame fits in better in the Big Ten. It's traditionally more logical for them to be. But if the SEC still turns out to be the best conference like it has been for the last decade, and it's still got a bigger, stronger TV contract. Yeah, but if there's only two contracts, I mean, if we're down to just two, the difference is not going to be that much. The eyeballs that are going to watch on – I mean, this is basically setting up a civil war in the United States over, over college football. You're going to set up a northern half conference and a southern half conference. There are a lot of eyes in the north like there are in the south. If you're just relegating this thing down to here's our division within our college football league, people will watch that. But, Chuck, it's still – your problem is – it means more in the South. Their their slogan truly def, defines who they are. Those people in the South are so football crazy. They don't care about academics. They're going to overpay an NIL. I still think some of those schools in the North, and Notre Dame's one of them, sure, who are going to be hesitant to overpay for NIL. Yeah, they are. Uh, even though they've got access to more money than anybody, uh, but some won't. Some of them won't hesitate, and they will jump in, and they will take on the SEC, and they will look at how much prestige there. Because we're now we're wiping out however many are in the Big Five conferences. I don't know what other seventy teams, eighty teams, and taking this thing down to potentially forty. Now that's your competition. Your competition's those other thirty-nine and nobody else. And if half of your conference up north isn't going to spend money or more, your conference, your your competition's down to basically thirty schools. Why wouldn't you spend at that point in time? And the interesting thing also in the SEC is, you know, you talk about North Carolina. Good basketball program. Yeah. But do they really bring that much to the table football-wise? They're all right. Would they're, you rather, they're all right. Right now, would you rather have North Carolina or Oklahoma State? Uh, are you talking about just how good the football team is or yeah, what, does it, we're, bring, we're what does it bring to my growth of this thing? What does it bring? Because if I'm if I'm if I'm the SEC and I've already got Oklahoma, I don't really need Oklahoma State. No, you don't need I, it I for the eyes. No, I don't need it other at all. Then they got a bunch of oil money. Well, so what? I got enough. I, there's plenty of money. I don't need Oklahoma State's oil money. But if I'm looking at eyeballs for these big TV contracts you're talking about, yeah. then I need North Carolina and Virginia more than I need Oklahoma uh, Oklahoma State or. See, I don't think you need Virginia for anything. I think you do. You're competing in, in that D.C. market. Maryland's already getting some of that. You want the other yeah, half Maryland's of that. Maryland's already got that. You want the other half of that. You want the Virginia part of that. Then Virginia goes to the Big Ten. Why? Why would you lose Virginia? Well, it makes more sense. Academically, they care more. That's a great right. academic school right. university. So, so explain to me why you even keep South Carolina then, which has even less eyes and less people and less prestige and less they everything. They got to the table early. That's why they're there. Well, if, if this is a reshuffle of everything, why do they're I keep not, South Carolina? They're not going to. And South Carolina's growing. It's it's a growth area. Well, North Carolina is. Virginia I has agree, been. But I think Virginia makes more sense in the Big Ten. Well, if you're going to have 20, I'm adding Notre Dame, the two Californias, and if I'm adding more Pac-12s, 
then I'm potentially going to get to my 20 there. Virginia would, mm-hmm. I guess, be another one. But I don't think I'm – if I've got Maryland, I don't need Virginia if I'm the Big Ten. I don't know. I just don't see Virginia as very attractive. I mean, I think eyeballs are. I That's think, what I'm looking for. I think for. hearing you're out, Oklahoma State's a better football program. Yeah, but they're, they're the only okay, one. Right, so they're a better football program. Is Oklahoma State going to compete in this super conference we're talking about? I mean, in all honesty. I don't honesty, know. Do you, do you just want some bottom feeders? Well, do because, I want some bottom yeah, feeders? I mean, Virginia, Virginia is not going to ever compete. No, neither is Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State's more likely. I don't see it. It's one thing to play on the same level with, with Oklahoma and, and Texas once in a while. It's another thing when you start adding right. in LSU and Alabama. Right. Where's Virginia going to get their players? Well, they always do. They get them in that area. Yeah. Where's Oklahoma State going to get their players? Oklahoma State, where they get them? They get most of them out of Texas. That's okay. If you're drawing. But they're not getting top. They're getting third right. choice. Right. Fourth choice. You're a history person. The vast majority of athletes that play college football are African-American. Okay. While there is a large African-American population in Virginia, I don't think there is driven to play football as they are in the South and the Southeast. I just think... Because they've been in a conference that hasn't been. I just think there's a different level of education and opportunity in Virginia that you don't get in the Deep South. Okay. Well, not for everybody. I think... Not for everybody. The segment that you're, you're typically it, drawn I from think doesn't if, get that. I think if you're African-American Virginia, you've got better public schools. Your public schools are giving you more opportunity and more options than what you have in the Deep South. But we all know there are still kids sitting in those schools who are not taking advantage of the educational well, part agree. of that. I agree. Who are looking for their way to figure it out, but and that's not in the classroom. I just don't think it's as important in Virginia. Yeah. I think their education system is more important than their academic, I mean, their athletics. Right, I got music. Trent Wilson sitting in the uh, green room. we got to get him in here. New coach for baseball for Arkansas High is coming up next. Listen to Leaving the Yard, Zach and the Professor on the fan, 107.9. minutes till six o'clock leaving the yard zach and the professor here on the fan 1079 and uh, we're getting our first chance to uh, sit down and meet arkansas high's new baseball coach he is trent wilson he's sitting in the chair this afternoon and first of all it's good to see you good to see you man hopefully this is the first of many we'll yes, get you in here a lot you're gonna be a regular absolutely all right so tell us a little bit about you before uh, we talk about the job I'm originally from Arkadelphia, Arkansas. Uh, I've got a wife, Cheyenne. Uh, she's going to be a secretary at the school district this year. I've got two kids, and we're expecting another one on the way. Uh, I Formerly, I just came from Warren, where I was a defense coordinator and head baseball coach yeah. there. Uh, I've kind of drug my wife around the state of Arkansas a little bit, and a dream job kind of come open. And we were very fortunate and blessed to have this opportunity to come back to Texarkana and be a part of Arkansas High. And uh, I'm excited to get going. So you say come back. So explain to folks a little bit about the background for the city here and your family. Well, my, my wife, she has family that's here in Texarkana. I had previously been the head football coach and head baseball coach at Falk. 
And uh, so we lived in Texarkana at that time too. And of all the places we've lived, Texarkana was somewhere we always thought we wanted to kind of raise our kids and get back to if we ever had the opportunity. And the good Lord was fortunate. He blessed us and we had another opportunity to come back to Texarkana. So we're going to fill in blanks here. We got you at Falk. We got you at Warren. Where else? I've been at Mena and Arkadelphia. Okay. And I started my career at Washita High School. Okay. A small school in Donaldson, Arkansas, right between uh, Arkadelphia and Malvern. Mm -hmm. And uh, had some great kids work there. Loved the school district there. I just kind of, at the time, I wanted to get into football and a little bit more money there. But we're very fortunate. Uh, Had a semifinal appearance my first year there and won a state championship my second year there. So uh, very blessed there to work with some good kids in a great school district. Now, how long were you at Warren? I was at Warren for two years. Two years, all two right. Two years. So talk to us about the Warren experience. The Warren experience was unbelievable. Uh, the admin was tremendous to me. Coach Hembree was a great guy for me. He helped me kind of develop as a uh, as a coach in general, if especially you, on football. If you don't know him, he's one of the giants in Arkansas. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. So a couple of years at Warren, you said this is a dream job. Now, I know family's here, but... Why is Arkansas High a dream job other than the, the proximity to the family? Well, I know when I was at uh, Falk, we had the opportunity to play those guys. And uh, I know they've had some tradition here in the past, and there's been a lot of quality players come through the program here. And uh, they're a part of one of the best conferences in the state of Arkansas. So you're going to get to see elite-level competition day in and day out within that conference. And uh, I think we're going to get to coach some – have opportunity to coach some really talented kids yeah. and maybe have a chance to win a state championship here. That's the goal. There you go. Any connection to Coach Outlaw? Uh, the only the only connection I have is when, when COVID hit, I was at Arkadelphia at the time, and our whole staff at that time was going to depart that year. And uh, I knew Stephen Jones. I had coached against him when he was at Junction City, and he was the head football coach at El Dorado. So I was going to take a job at El Dorado with him. So just because of COVID, I was able to go down there and meet him. And Coach Outlaw was the obviously the defensive coordinator there at El Dorado. So that's where I got to meet him. So you got a little connection. Got a little connection with Coach Outlaw, yes, sir. So staff-wise, we talked about last week that uh, Cody Engstrom has decided to take a job at Arkansas High. So you're getting a a local guy in in Cody from Liberty Ilo. Billy Wade's been there forever at Arkansas High. He's staying on staff. Yes, he'll be on staff. Uh, I'm going to lean on him a lot, man, just to get to know, because he knows these kids better than anybody. Yeah. So uh, I'll get to talk to him. Me and him have had multiple conversations already. Uh, I'm very fortunate I got to meet his son. Great kid. Hard worker. Uh, got to meet him. We've had some conversations about things that we're kind of we've got planned moving forward with our program, and I'm glad that he's staying on staff. I'll be able to kind of use him to uh, kind of help me get to know the kids and know what they're about and what they've done in the past. And then I'm excited about having Coach Ingram come come over from LE. I've heard nothing but good things from him, and uh, we've I kind of contacted him today. So we're gonna have, take some time next week to probably get to know each other a little bit. Nice, Trent Wilson's the new baseball coach at Arkansas High. You mentioned Ty Wade who may be one of the top 5A baseball players in the state of Arkansas, and I may be conservative by just saying 5A. I'll tell you what, from from what I've heard, I think he's he's going to be very yeah. talented, and uh, I think he's kind of about all the hype. I think all the hype's real, and uh, I know he's an extremely hard worker, a great kid, In the little bit of time I got to speak with him just a little bit, and I'm really looking forward to coaching him. Have you met any of the other baseball coaches in town, the other head coaches? Uh, you know, I haven't had uh, – Hadn't had the time really to to meet everyone yet. We're still in the moving process. I know of some of those guys. I know when I was at uh, Falk at one time, we were playing Liberty Ilo, and Coach Fowler was over there at that time. I know Coach Fincher's over there, and just my connections with Chuck Cross when he was at Ashdown. I know him and Fincher were buddies. But I know of those guys, but I, I look forward to getting to know them and getting to meet them. Now, 
uh, Zach's gotten to where he's not even coaching third base anymore. Fowler. You're, yeah, Fowler is. It, you going to be a third base coach too, or, or you like I'm, to be on the field, or you like to make decisions from the dugout? I think I'm going to start out for sure uh, at coaching third base, just because I've done it everywhere I've been, and uh, I haven't. I don't think I'm big time enough yet to kind of sit there in the dugout, you know, <laughs> really? like Dave Van Horn, you know. So uh, we may get there eventually, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stay over there just so I can kind of keep engaged with our kids throughout the game it's funny you say that because it, it we've had zach in here talking about that decision to go back into the into the dugout as, as opposed to being at third base and you just see the game differently and you manage the kids on the bench a little differently otherwise you better have somebody on the bench who's managing the kids so how do you see this playing out you see cody as your bench guy possibly we're i'm gonna meet with those coaches we're gonna have so some discussions yeah i don't know yet we're gonna have some discussions and talk uh I know the one great thing about having Coach Wade around is he's providing the the program with stability because he's been here for so long. And uh, a lot of times those kids, when you you lose, like our football staff has lost so many, and you lose that stability, uh, some of those kids, they have to warm up to those coaches and stuff. So having him around uh, I think will be great. Uh, I could possibly see him at first base for us just to kind of have a fresh, you know, a face, familiar face that they know. Uh, I like to be at at third base just because in games, Big time decisions that have been down there—it's cost us games, and uh, I don't want to leave that in hands of someone else. If we're going to lose a game, I want it to be on my mistake. Or win it, or win it's, yeah, it. that's what we expect. <laughs> we're we not talking about if we wins. lose it; it's when we win. It's going to be because I made the right call. Unfortunately, I've lost a couple heartbreakers over there, <laughs> and uh, I should have opened my mouth a little bit more. So uh, we're going to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Now, when you take over the responsibilities of, do you see? Your specialty, are you more the pitching guy, the hitting guy, the defensive guy? I mean, what do you see your primary role? And and I know you haven't met with your other coaches yet, but how do you foresee them potentially? My, I've always coached infielders and all of our hitters. Uh, now, I've never had a staff where I've had multiple guys. This will be the first staff where I've actually had multiple guys. And uh, so that's going to be able to take a little weight off of me. Uh, in the discussions I've had with Coach Wade, uh, there's we'll probably – work with him with catchers and some infielders or corner infielders and I'll help with infielders and pitchers primarily uh, I'll meet with coach Engstrom and we'll just kind of get a feel on him and what he's done in the past what he's more familiar with and then we'll just go from there uh, but once I have those meetings with them we'll kind of get guys arranged you know one of the things that's unique to us guys at Grimm Texas is uh, you guys will play a baseball game then turn around afterwards and play a sub varsity game and things like that mm-hmm. uh, and you can kind of use players back and forth uh, are you going to have a sub-varsity head coach, or do you see yourself just as involved in that sub-varsity game as the varsity game? I think I'm going to. I think I'm probably going to hand that role over this year for the first time. Everywhere I've been, you know, with just another guy on staff, we normally I might let that assistant coach third base throughout the game, but I would probably be making those decisions in those JV games. Uh, this year, I'll probably put a little more. Uh, weight on the shoulders of someone else in that game and kind of help them develop as a coach uh, as they move forward because they may aspire to be a head coach one day and uh, you're not going to learn just sitting on the sidelines so we're going to try and help those guys out. Did you have somebody doing that for you when you were a young guy coming up? Uh, when I was a honestly I started as a head coach. Oh really? That so was first I, job was head coach? Yeah so it was like it was crazy how it worked out but just being a small school district and David Thigpen who was the athletic director and basketball coach at Henderson for a long time when he got into principal and I just he was the principal at the school and he just knew me and uh, so when I got that opportunity it just kind of fell in my lap so So you've never been an assistant coach I've been an assistant one two times one year when I first got to Falk 
And when I left and came back, I was the head coach. And then one year, that one year at Arkadelphia, I was an assistant coach for Drew Lowe there. Is this a weird environment coming in where it's like the entire coaching staff, basketball, baseball, football, we've gutted a major amount of coaches at Arkansas High this year. You normally when you come into a new job, well, everybody else is around and you know they know where the keys are and they know where this is really a staff that's gonna all learn together, it feels like. Yeah, I, th- I believe so, but I think it's going to be a good thing just to get some, you know, fresh faces in there for the program and start building a new culture for the program for, uh, you know, all, you know, all of our athletic programs. Just kind of build a new culture, a new fresh face, new starts for everybody, and kind of build these things up in a championship manner. Nice. Still got football duties? Yes, I'll be the defensive coordinator. Okay. Um, is that good or bad? I mean, some coaches aspire to get to the point where they don't have to deal with football anymore. You sound like you love football. I do love football. Uh, and that may, you know, one day later on in my career, I may make a decision to, you know, to go one sport. But everywhere I've been, I've coached multiple sports. Uh, I have a passion for the game of football and baseball. I love both of them. Uh, Friday nights are always fun. And uh, there's nothing like spring baseball, man, out there getting after it all spring. So uh, I'm very fortunate to be able to coach both sports that I love to do this year. Let's take a time out. You going to stick around? Sure. All right. We're talking with uh, Trent, no- or Trent Wilson. rather. He's the new baseball coach over at Arkansas High, defensive coordinator for the Razorbacks is football as well. I think we're going to talk a little bit of that when we come back. We'll talk a little bit of the football part of this job as well. Quick break. We'll come right back. Leaving the yard. Zach and the professor on the fan. 107.9. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth, consistently refreshing, and consistently light? Success can be pretty enjoyable. Ultra. Lots of taste of refreshment. calories. About 13 minutes till 6 o'clock, leaving the yard. Zach and the Professor on the fan 1079. We are visiting with Trent Wilson. He is the baseball coach at Arkansas High and the defensive coordinator for the Razorbacks football team. We've had Coach Outlaw on with us uh, via phone when he first got the job. We haven't gotten him in studio, but we're going to. And so uh, we got to talk a little football because that's coming up next. Oh, yeah. When do you guys get the kids back in? After next week. Well, All right. Our dead period will end. After next week, we'll get them back July 11th. Okay. As soon as we get them back, we'll kind of think we've got some team camps and some 7-on-7 set up for the kids, which will be something new to them, and uh, kind of get rolling with them. But I did get to spend a week with them before we got on the dead period. Nice. And I'm really excited. I'm really, really excited about what we've got going here. Now, you say 7-on-7. Arkansas High has not done anything 7-on-7, I don't think. No. Ever? I don't – you know, I'm not sure if ever, but I know I think in the the past – 
you know, in Texas, those coaches kind of can't – they can't be around. Those players do all that. But I don't think here they've done seven-on-seven seven or team camps in the last few years at least. And uh, so this is going to be something new for the kids to do. And I think it's really, really beneficial, especially your skill guys. In seven-on-seven, seven, those team camps will be where we'll help out those big skill guys. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. And then what? What's uh, We get past this, uh, this first camp and – where do we go then? Well, we're straight weight room, so we'll be weight room. Uh, we'll get in our practices on a daily basis, our normal summer schedule. So we'll be in weight room practicing seven-on-seven seven, team camps. Uh, that's kind of the standard across the state of Arkansas. We'll roll with that. Once we hit, you know, around August, we'll start fall camp, get rolling with fall camp, and get prepared for that first game. I know Coach Norton was, was very high on the importance of the facility at the middle school the uh, junior high, I guess, that, that's that been put in place. That really needed to be something that was going to be a feeder into the high school. I think they've, they've fallen short in that in the past few years of making that program solid down below as a foundation for the high school. Have you had a chance to check out facilities over at the, the new school? I have drove by the new middle school. Yep. It is extremely nice. Yep. And uh, it looked like the playing surface over there. They built a nice grass surface over it. It's real pretty. Uh, uh, that's all I've got to see of it. It's just kind of driving by, but it looks really nice. Uh, I know one of the, the junior high staff coaches has already been working on it and kind of getting it ready to go and primed to go for uh, practice this summer. But uh, I've seen – I've got to see occasionally that freshman group, you know, get off the bus and get right. out there on the turf with us in between times, and they're, they're going to be a pretty good group. All right, you said you're going to be D.C. Now, are you a Will Muschamp type D.C. that's just <laughs> running up down the sideline like a – insane man just <laughs> you know with your card flying around and all that or are you that calm laid back guy what, what do we expect to see from you on a friday night i think there's a time for everything uh i'm gonna be intense at times and uh, i may be flying around you know running around at times i'm gonna be a high energy guy but uh there's times you need to be calm to kind of keep those kids calm in big situations so uh, i think you see a little bit of both now will we see some chest bumping and, and, and will you get some we get some air underneath yeah, you when you go in there we might we might see a little bit of that a little bit of that. See, that's. I'm looking forward to seeing. Oh that. yeah. All right. Well, very good. I, I like that. Um, do you have a philosophy about defense, or you're coming in with a guy that's been a DC, and your his philosophy is now your philosophy? Yeah, his philosophy is going to be our philosophy. We're all, you know, I'm going to do what our head football coach would like to do, and we may, you know, bang ideas off of each other as we move forward. But uh, we've come in, me and him had a short meeting, kind of talked about our base defensive stuff and what we're going to do, and we immediately got to work with that. Uh, I think it's something that he's had some obvious great success at El Dorado with. They won a state championship there doing it. So I think it's something that he's had proven success with. That's just going to take time, kind of developing these kids and their fundamentals and their techniques and, and uh, kind of helping them understand the scheme. And uh, I think we'll be able to run with it. Yeah, you came from Warren, which is one of the great small school programs in the state of Arkansas. Why? Why is it so special there? The facilities are amazing. What was going on at Warren that made it something that's a destiny job? Well, I believe, like, we obviously I have two children, and we had that one that we're expecting now that will be here in January, and just having family here was going to help us out. But Texarkana is a place that we love to live, and uh, the facilities here are nice, and I believe Coach Outlaw is going to, you know, help build new facilities here and kind of help, you know, uh, build this program here and kind of revamp everything around here. Uh, I think with him and the support of the administration, I think we're going to get this thing going on the right path. My my question is more about Warren. Why was Warren something special? Oh, um, 
Warren was special just because of, you know, Bo, I mean, Bo Hembry. I mean, you talk about Bo Hembry, you talk about somebody that's a Hall of Famer, you know, right now in the game of football, the knowledge that he had. I wanted to be around a championship program and see what a Hall of Fame football coach did with a championship program and learn under him and kind of see how he ran his program, how he communicated with kids, uh, schematics and stuff like that, and uh, use that that knowledge as I move forward in my endeavors as a coach. You know, we've seen small schools in Texas, a Gilmer, a Dangerfield, those kind of places that are just one school community, like a Warren, everybody's there on Friday nights. here in town, it's not quite that way because you've got folks living all over the place. We've got four different schools in, in the city itself playing 11-man football. Uh, is it just such an advantage for a small community to, once they buy in and start having success, to keep it going because uncles and dads are passing it down to sons and nephews and this just becomes generational? I believe so. I think, though, is once you build that brand, you know, once that brand has been built that everyone wants to be a part of. I mean, you've got little kids that are playing youth football and all of them there and more want to be lumberjacks. Yeah. And all of them are going to play football. But that brand has been built over a 22-year period since Coach Hembree's been there and the administration's, you know, been in place to continue to support him and support that program. Uh, So I think it's something that takes a little time. Uh, but once you get that brand built and everyone wants to be a part of it, I think it's something that's really exciting. You're going to get a lot more people in the community out to watch. You talk about that support to the administration, the community. You know, when you've been that guy that's been doing it for a couple of decades, you know, there's a trust there and the town. When you're the new guys coming in and, you know, mamas pick up the phone a lot quicker now and things like that. Uh, when you sit down with Dr. Kessler, what is she saying to y'all? You know, you, you guys, are, are y'all worried about coming in and laying down the law, or what's the concern there? No, I think we're just we've got to earn our keep around here. So we're gonna we're gonna put something in place. We're gonna build this program the way Coach Outlaw and we see fit. Uh, we're gonna develop these young men. The the number one thing for me is gonna be just making a positive difference in the lives of your teammates. And, uh, you know, making sure that we're doing that on a day-to-day basis, making sure we're working hard and we're doing things the right way on and off the field. We want to be champions in the community, in the classroom, on the field, and we want to do everything the right way and work harder than anyone in the state of Arkansas. So uh, I believe once you've earned earned that right, you know, normally more doors open up for you to, to provide you with those things that you'd like to have. Arkansas High has traditionally been a pretty good track school. Really good track school. Absolutely. How, how do you feel that plays into what you guys are looking to do, football and, and even baseball? Well, I think having a good track program, I'm, I'm one of those. I'm a multi-sport guy. Uh, you know, we, we challenge our guys to, to play multiple sports. We want them to play multiple sports. Uh, I think that track is, you know, back in the day, you know, everyone that played football ran track, and yeah. it was really beneficial for those big-time football programs. So I think the track at Arkansas High is going to be very beneficial for us. Uh, especially in some of the things I think that we'll be doing on the football field. And uh, that speed's going to help us out a lot. Have you been practicing calling the hogs? I have not. But <laughs> I've always been a hog fan. So well, there you I go. Know how to do it. Yeah. You go back to the track for Arkansas unique also in the fact that they have qualifications for the state meet. Baseball players can run track in Arkansas. Have you worked with that in the past with some track programs? coinciding with your baseball programs i've actually only had a few kids that were my baseball kids that actually wanted to run track now what i did do is at warren 
they host a huge lumberjack relays there every year. And so I actually moved a game and postponed a game there to give some of our kids an opportunity just to help the track program in order to kind of help them with the points of the track meet. And I think they ended up winning the thing. But uh, it ended up being really fun and exciting for our kids. Or All of our baseball team showed up to support some of the kids that were running in. Of course, all the moms were all excited to see them do something different. But uh, – I don't know. You know, this year I'm not sure how many is going to run track. Once I get to meet the kids and we kind of visit and stuff, we'll talk about that. All right. Well, we're about out of time. That's Trent Wilson. You're going to see a lot of him, D.C. for football, head baseball coach. We love the fact we're covering your games this year, so we look forward to seeing you on the field as well. Before we get out of here, uh, no Kirk and company tomorrow. Nope. All right. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow afternoon. No co-host tomorrow. Caleb Hackelman from uh, Pleasant Grove is going to be in at 5.15 tomorrow. We'll talk a little offensive lineman with the uh, the Big Hawk. And then I- I'm I'm like 99% sure I'm waiting to get a, a pushback, but Chris Lanzilli from the University of Arkansas baseball team is going to be at 5.30 tomorrow afternoon as well. So hopefully we'll have uh, those two guys lined up for you, and uh, we'll give you another show. Appreciate Trent Wilson coming in. Great to see you, Coach. All right, we're done for today. You guys take it easy. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you again tomorrow right here on Leaving the Yard. Sack of the Professor on the fan, 107.9. Prepare for the future and reach your full potential at Liberty Ilo ISD. At Liberty Ilo, our educators will assist your child to become a college graduate and or career ready. We believe a safe and secure environment provides the peace of mind necessary for the pursuit of excellence. Our school environment gives our students and staff the freedom to pursue and achieve the highest levels of performance. As we say at Liberty Ilo, leopard pride never dies. You know the scoreboard is your place to get all your screen printing done. But did you know they now do in-house embroidery on caps, jackets, shirts, or bags for your business, school, church, 